1: Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I'm joined by Paul Doolan. Hello. And Dave Watson.
0: What's What's up, bitches? Oh, wow. Wow, Dave. Is this the new you? Oh, yeah.
2: You're a shocker, Dave.
0: (laughs) Drinking wine, calling you bitches. Yeah. Wow. Yes, you are drinking wine. White wine. Interesting. Mm -hmm.
1: Lady What family. grape
0: is it? What grape, Dave? It's a Sauvignon Blanc.
1: A Sauvignon Blanc. Okay. Uh, from Marlborough.
0: Uh, it,
1: Australia. It, it, it's Marlborough's actually New Zealand. And it was actually that was actually a question on who wants to be a millionaire. Did, uh,
0: did you did you win a million pounds?
1: I was watching the other night. <laughs> <laughs> genuinely was. Really? Yeah, the guy guessed Australia as well. Lost about seven grand. Um no, it's. it's <laughs> I, don't, I, I I don't know where to go from there. No, no, it's just, it's just true. I'm just. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm not being a dick about it. It's just, you said something that was factually wrong, and
0: I just felt like it was my yeah. correct well, that. To
2: that.
0: <sighs> well, that must have been for the for that guy who got the question wrong. It must have been a disappointing loss, just like the Cambridge game.
1: Nice. Oh, very good, very good. Do you want to be host now, Dave? <laughs> that the way it is. I mean. Last week, you were trying to move us on to the next subject at a time of your choosing. Now you're doing the links. Yeah. Was... Soon you'll be wanting my fee, my, eight, my, my £800 <laughs> fee for each episode. <laughs> uh, so uh,
2: That sounds yes. believable. There is no fee, just to clarify.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I was looking for a fee. Like,
2: Eight-figure fee would have been. Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, so, uh, yes, our last game.
2: Uh, Unfortunately, our players did receive a fee for that match. (laughs) Uh, Our last game... Couldn't uh, let me have it, could you? You couldn't let
1: me have it, could you? Our last match was against uh, the mighty Cambridge United. uh, A third round tie against lower league opposition. Unfortunately, uh, that is the sort of game that our previous manager, Steve Bruce, was able to handle. But unfortunately... (laughs) Eddie Howe wasn't was he, Dave? You
0: you watched it, didn't you? Yeah, on on a stream that wasn't great, but I've seen <clears throat> I've seen a lot of people losing their minds over it, saying it was a disgrace and it was embarrassing, the most embarrassing performance in in however long. I don't think it was like the first sixty minutes. We were all over them, and for the want of a, a striker, we would have been like. Two or three goals up. I think their keeper had an absolute world-class performance. They defended like lions and their centre-forward really, really put our like makeshift centre-back partnership under, under pressure. I think they deserved the win. But um some of the people like <clears throat> one of the um popular Twitter accounts was saying that. We should reimburse the fans for what they had to sit through. It was like, fuck off. It was, it was fine. Like we, we had 20 summit shots, nine of them on target. And like I say, their keeper had to produce at least two top-draw, world-class saves to keep us out. So it was disappointing. It's an embarrassing result. But in terms of performance, we were all right.
1: Okay. Now do that again and pretend mm-hmm. that Steve Bruce was the manager. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I actually
0: knew that you'd bring that up. Oh god. I, no, but no, I don't want to get into Steve Bruce that's No, fine. no, no. Sorry, I'm swaning you up. Yeah. So no, the, like the 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 good things that I'll take from it is that Joel Newman had another good game. Kieran Trippier looked class, like class in a glass. He was a cut above everybody else on that pitch. The thing is.
1: And I think that this is the overwhelming um, drive behind uh, the response to the game. It was against Cambridge United.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, that, I mean, that's the context, isn't it? And it's, it's against Cambridge United in a season where we've been doing terribly for a long time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, you know, what seems to happen at the moment is the mood is pretty good. during The mood will, be, uh, will build in positivity through the week and then we'll have a match. We'll have to play it. We'll have the unfortunate um, duty to play a football match, in which case the mood deteriorates
2: again. Everything's great at the minute, apart yeah. from football. <laughs> like, yes, everything's go going really yeah, well at the club and then football keeps football. getting in the way.
1: Yeah, you didn't watch the game, did you Paul? But
2: you no. Know, only seen. The time. But I think as well, we've we've played worse against Premier League teams this and last season and picked up points. I think like Dave, it's just the lack of a striker. I don't think Dwight Gale was available. But I don't know, I think part it was a weird one. Part of me if you're gonna go out of the FA Cup in the third round. I sort of prefer it being a giant killing in a sold-out crowd. I mean, it was hard to feel totally bad when you saw how much it meant to the Cambridge fans, which is probably not a popular Newcastle view. But I'd rather that than a sort of extra-time defeat to Burnley or something like we had in Mm. the Carling Cup on penalties. I
1: thought thought it was... I I managed to see bits of it. I saw about... I I think I saw about the last 10, 15 minutes of each half. I thought it was overwhelmingly just quite funny. It's, I, I found it, I'm in, I, again, I'm in a real minority of Newcastle fans on that count. I just find it quite funny. You know, we're the richest club in the world now, but we're utter shit. <laughs> and, you know, we'll, like, build ourselves up about any player that we get connected with or signed. I mean, I, I'm, let me just say, we're, Kieran Trippier. We don't know. We said last week you don't know how it's gonna go. There's no, there's no guarantees, but he is a really good signing.
2: He's but probably our player, best player now. Uh, immediately. Uh
1: yeah, you'd have to say so. Him or St. Maximum. Probably him, because he's you know, more sort of result orientated. Um but you know, every anyone we sign gets like really hyped up and the mood really lifts. But you know we're so far away from being an, a not embarrassing football team. Yeah. I think that I think could that's be a
2: positive though. I mean, how, the chairman was there on Saturday. I think if there were any thoughts behind the scenes that maybe we don't need to sign a strike or we can get through with St. Maximin up front or maybe we can cobble together a defence with what we've currently got. Feels like a fire might have been lit under them after watching that game hmm.
1: well I should have previewed it at the beginning of the show but it as it stands at time of recording um, Chris Wood we're told is on his way for a medical um, I guess we'll talk about that after the break you know just to keep you listening anything else on Cambridge?
2: <laughs> has there ever been a more tantalising <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> a man clearly <laughs> underwhelmed talking about chris wood <laughs> i'm
0: underwhelmed by everything anymore uh, now uh, all i was going to say is like yes we're the richest club on on the planet but it's kind of like the gap between winning the lottery and getting the money in your account like until we can start seeing the benefits of that cash it it might as well not exist so signing kieran trippier for 12 million quid isn't it's not like a wow transfer you know it's not it's not the it's not the, like a, a signal that where we've arrived or anything it's a really good transfer and i'm impressed with him but it's not like he isn't like a marquee signing um so yeah it's, it's like being a lottery winner and not having the you know, not having the flash car and the big house yet.
1: Well, I'll tell you one thing that could be said about the Cambridge game. Callum Wilson wasn't available. Uh, what happened to Dwight Gale? We, we, I mean, it seemed like we desperately needed a striker.
2: Well, he wasn't on the bench. You'd have to assume it's either injury or COVID
1: right all hail Teague said how can Dwight Gale not get a game in this team any idea why he wasn't playing
2: I'm pretty yeah, sure it's COVID on the bench, I would say yeah uh, there's something going on I think as well it did feel like a selection mistake to play St Maximin up front you sort of I can understand in the Premier League not wanting to play so is it Stevenson I like young striker or oh, Anderson no not Anderson oh no
0: the, Dylan Stevenson Yeah, yeah
2: you can understand not wanting to play him against a premier league team but you would think against the league one side a striker even a kid would be worth throwing in yeah that's what well, i think the thing is
1: because he he did select a very strong side you know as much as it's it's possible to to say that sentence with that squad <laughs> but from from what we had available he se- selected a strong side I think Eddie Howe looked at it like, well, our form is terrible. We need a win from somewhere. And I, I want to do everything I can to make sure that we get that morale boosting win against lower league opposition. And it just didn't work out. You know, I saw some people saying we should have brought on youth from the bench because we did have uh, Elliot Anson and I think Joe
2: White on the bench. Mm-hmm. But I think if no. you place Saint Maximin up front on his own, you take away a striker who can actually get into those positions from the front line, and you remove Saint Maximin from his strongest positions. So sort of, it's two negatives.
0: Yeah, I think what he could have done is have that pretty much the same lineup, but with Stevenson up front or Anderson or Joe White, whatever. Have those, that that one kid up front and name a very strong side. Nobody would look at the the. The squad and think, oh, he's he's jacked in the the cop. He's not taking it seriously, and we could still take any any momentum from a very strong side plus a kid winning sure. at Cambridge. I think Here's he got the thing, that like, wrong.
1: Say, say, maximum, yes, is is not a striker. That's definitely not his strongest position. And you know, I, I, and I want I don't want to shit on a player who I've never seen play in Dylan Stevenson, but if you look at I mean, Adam Armstrong aside, if you look at our players who've come up through the ranks in recent years, most of them have not turned out to be football league players, really. Ivan
2: Tony. Adam sure, Armstrong. We bought,
1: him, we bought him, right? You know, but Mitrovic, our,
2: who's now
1: well the ones who've No, I'm talking I'm talking about people that I'm talking about people players who came through our academy. I'm just saying, I'm, well, I guess what I'm saying is, yes, we have a player called Dylan Stevenson who is officially a striker for our youth team, but that does not mean that he's a better striker than St. Maximin.
2: No, but I think... He's, playing, I accept
1: not a striker. But, but this
2: is what we thought about Sean Longstaff and Matty Longstaff before they had to be thrown in. But see, it seems odd, any other position, if it was an injury crisis, you would select... A player from that position to be in there but for striker, for some reason we don't seem to do that it wasn't just mm-hmm. St Maxim. we seem to rotate the strikes you had Murphy playing up front at times and Fraser up front and there's I think either of those yeah. three could work as part of a front two alongside a striker. I think that St Maxman showed that against Man U that he can work in that position but playing them as a lone number nine seems a waste of yeah. all of it fair
1: enough Fair enough, you're probably right. I thought I'd give the counter. Um, Let's have a break. There's not much more to say about Cambridge. Is there anyone else got anything to say about Cambridge? No. All right, well, we'll have a break and then we'll get into what is easily the most entertaining thing to talk about when it comes to Newcastle these days, and that is anything but the actual matches we are playing and instead the imaginary... Matches we could be playing when we buy these imaginary players. Uh, We'll have a break and speak to you in a moment. Hello, welcome back to the Newcastle Natter. It's been pointed out to me that I was quite miserable in that first (laughs) half. I think that's a completely fair point. I don't know why it was exactly. I don't think it was particularly to do with the football or the company. I just don't think I'd sufficiently... Usually, I do a few lines of Coke before every record. <laughs> and, unfortunately, my dealer is self-isolating and um, it was, <laughs> I was unable to arrange. No, I just... I don't know why. I think it's maybe because I've been listening to uh, Hilary Mantel's
2: classic, Wolf Hall. <laughs> <laughs> But that's a laugh a page. Well, yeah. It's I a just I'm, just, I'm in quite a sort of
1: somber 16th century mood. <laughs> um, I'll tell you something else that's in a somber 16th century. <laughs> <laughs> no, we do actually have some what some would term positive news. It has to be positive news, considering as the first half of the show proved, we have no recognized adult striker uh, currently fit. Um, It looks like we're signing Chris Wood for £20 million or thereabouts. Paul, thoughts?
2: I think it could be a very good signing. I, I suggested it on the WhatsApp group a couple of weeks ago as a joke because we were all talking about the sort of strikers we'd get. But actually, you look at We've actually had quite a lot of crosses going into the box this season already. Look at the number of chances players like Matt Ritchie have created where there's just... like Wilson's quite good, but it feels like we've been lacking a different type of striker at times. And if there's a Premier League striker, 30, so not past his prime at all, who's got double figures for the last four seasons, for 20... the. The numbers make complete sense. He gets a goal every three games, basically.
1: Not this season. You've got three goals this season. Yeah, but
2: but this is so far this season as
1: well. Sure. No, you make a case. It is true that um, it does say something, that I sort of expectations of fans, uh, as fans are, you'd have to say, becoming more... Realistic. I mean, there's a characterization out there that we all thought we were going to get Mbappe three months ago, and I don't think that was ever really true for 95% of Newcastle fans. But there's certainly some Newcastle fans who didn't go into this window hoping that we'd get Chris Wood. I mean, Paul, you were more excited about... V- I mean, Dave, you were more excited about
2: Vlahovic.
0: Is that how we say it? Sure. sure. I mean, I, I I don't know. It's not. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I was more excited about Vlavich, but then, but then that was because you know he's a £60, 70 million pound rated striker who's tearing it up in the league at the minute, and he's on the young side, and all those things that that you know c- could excite you. But the fact of the matter is that Chris Wood is an immediate solution to a problem that we've got. The money that they're that they're talking about isn't isn't outrageous for a player of his ability and his age and all the rest of it most importantly it strengthens us in a period where we're pretty weak up front and it it weakens a relegation rival because and it's true for all, for like best will in the world to um what's that maxwell cornet he you know he started quite well but he's It's, you know, it's his first season in the Premier League and Burnley don't have, uh, like, they don't have a lot of good players and Chris Wood is a reliable striker who, as Paul says, double figures in the last four seasons. If he gets to, if he gets, like, double figures in the second half of the season for us, then amazing, brilliant. Because Wilson will, at some stage, come back, which means that if we're drawing a game or losing a game by the odd goal, bring on a fucking wrecking ball.
2: Yeah, we've not had that for a while. Hopefully, he is
1: uh, one of a few signings uh, in January. Um, it's, I can see all the arguments for him. I'm not disappointed by it. I think I'm glad that we're, I think there's a realization probably from our owners as well that it's, it's not easy to get who you want. And we, especially considering the last game, we do desperately need some players in before some are very important matches. So you just, we just need to get who we can get. Although. But I mean, think
2: looking at Burnley as well, they're a team that played two up top. Corne's off to the African Cup of Nations. They've only got Vidra, which means they're going to have to roll the dice on spending this money on a new striker. And as we've found out, it is quite hard to buy a striker in the January transfer window.
1: Well, there aren't yeah, any strikers. <laughs> <there> aren't <laughs> striker.
0: How have we
2: found a striker? As,
0: <laughs> as I said on the last episode. Um, I mean, the only, way, the only reason that we're getting him is because he's got a release clause. There is no way Burnley would release him. Apparently, I, didn't. I, hate, I hate to debunk, Dave,
1: but apparently mm-hmm. the release clause, clause only applies in the summer.
2: There seems to be some confusion online about if there is a release clause or not at the minute. But it would seem mad for Burnley to sell him unless they've identified someone they desperately want to replace him. But even then you would think financially it makes more sense to hold on to him till the summer than sell him to a relegation rival.
0: Yeah, so I can't see the I can't see the the logic in them selling us if they didn't have to. Because I, I I can't imagine that they're they're going to go off and sign i
2: don't
0: fucking know somebody else who's better than Chris Wood for less than twenty million quid.
2: Well, maybe he's lost a leg, maybe. and they don't <laughs> <laughs> they're not telling anyone. Mm, maybe.
1: Yeah. Well, one thing we are learning is that um, a lot of the the talk, you know, a month or two ago, we were looking at a list of targets of players who are available. Or could be available, and you do sort of forget that there are other football clubs out of there, out there who might want those players as well, and who uh, haven't just lo- lost to Cambridge and aren't bottom of the Premier League. So maybe look like more appetising uh, destinations. You know, Coutinho. We've been talking about he's off to Villa. Lingard Coutinho. Like- yeah. So like Luka Dini is after Villa. Looks like Lingard's going to Spurs. I'm hearing. Um, I'm hearing my sources. <laughs> I'm, I'm hearing. I, mean, I read it. I read it That um, you know, there's a, a lot of and, and a lot of the the big name strikers. Uh, uh, you know, it seems like Arsenal are after a striker at the moment, and. Uh, People are going to choose them before they choose us, you would have to expect. And um, Pensworld says, bearing in mind, no one apart from footballing hipsters like Dave Watson have heard of Sven Botman off. He like literally actually acts at in Sven Botman on his Twitter account here. So I think it's a bit mean thing to do. Um <laughs> uh, bearing in mind, uh, no one apart from footballing hipsters like Dave Watson have heard of Sven Botman a week ago. Could you come up with a footballer name generator which all fans would convince themselves would be the answer to our centre back striker central me- midfielder woes? I.e., Axel Legrand, combat- combative box to box midfielder who plays in the Dutch League, worth 45 million, essentially. Please discuss for 30 minutes the fact that. That widespread delusion is the central is central to the experience of being a football fan. I mean, I, I do know, I do see what he's getting at there, which I think I spoke about on the last podcast. Which is, it, it, there is a weird thing about being a football fan where we just we all get very strong opinions about these footballers who none of us had heard of two months ago and then we don't get them and we never hear of them ever again. It was like a 19-year-old. a couple of weeks in 2011 or whatever, they were the solution to all our problems. We're really, really... What we need to get in, we desperately need Axel LeGrand. We need Axel (laughs) LeGrand. Why are we not getting Axel I can totally see him fitting right into our side. Axel LeGrand, and then, you know, we don't get him. yeah.
2: Well, there's this French 19-year-old who we've been linked with. He's meant to be the next Mbappe. Nobody, I guarantee, had heard of him before this. And it could go nowhere.
0: So I'd never heard of him, saw that these links went on my, you know, went down in that rabbit warren and watched videos of him, looked at his stats and all the rest of it. It must be his age and talking because, yes, he's in a purple patch of form at the minute and he's got a good, decent technique. But you know when you see a footballer and you can see a spark of something special. where you look at him and you go, like he's maybe in a poor team or he's like he's not in a great run of form, but he's got the either the vision, the the, the ability, or the the athleticism, whatever. You can see it in him. He's got a little bit of a technique, but he, he just reminds me of someone like Abel Taarabt. You know, just just a bit show pony, not not enough end product. He's in a purple runner form, but if you look at the goals, a few of them are penalties, and quite a lot of it is because of either bad defending or the ball's been put on an absolute plate for him. So you're following, listening, how we're talking about a striker that we haven't named. I don't know who he is. Some, some, some people <laughs> can't even remember his name. It's, so it, it's nice. a palindromic name. It's Eki Ekitike. All right, yes. So it's E K I T I K E. Right, I've seen that name floating around. E-tick-
1: Who knows? But like, E-tick- yeah, it is true. There's a lot of these players. Sven Botman, will we ever hear of him again? We talked about yeah. him intently
0: for a long time and then that's it. I don't think that deal's dead, you know. Okay. I think well. I think it might be the tail end of the, the window where we get closure on it. But I don't think it's dead.
2: I think we need to wait till we find out what Fergus is hearing. <laughs> sure yeah. i'm hearing uh tames the
1: which is a twitter name apparently uh, there was a lot of talk about the new owners building a network of clubs with inter being mentioned a lot what do you guys think there's a lot of bad grammar in the tweets i'm getting tonight guys <laughs> please guys proofread your tweets what do you guys think is happening? Oh no, actually, I just read that wrong. Yeah, I was going to say it's <laughs> <laughs> actually fine. I just read that
0: wrong. There's either a lot of bad grammar, or I, <laughs> or I've just said. Uh, well, that ketamine's kicking in. Just um, bad ketamine. I wouldn't be surprised if the the new owners were looking at the Manchester City model. You know, I think it's called the City Group they bought up like New York City FC. They've got is it Melbourne FC, Melbourne City FC, or whatever, and they've just loads of clubs all over the planet who feed into New, uh, into Manchester City. And I wouldn't be surprised if the, the Saudis were looked at that and thought that's not a bad idea. That. But so, what
1: if? I mean, if Inter is being mentioned, what if it turns out they turned up, they watched the Inter game, the, the Cambridge game, and they thought do you know what? I think this is, should probably be the feeder club. <laughs> maybe we shouldn't make this, maybe this one, this one shouldn't be top of the pyramid.
2: <laughs> I think the only Could thing be, saving us but- in that situation is the Premier League, the, the quality sure. of it as a league. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. yeah, you would look at those two yeah. teams and think, one of those <laughs> needs to be fed to the other. It would be interesting okay.
0: if they do buy Inter and... We both get into Europe because I don't know what the rules are about one owner owning two clubs.
2: That's happened with a couple in, of Red Bull teams, though, hasn't it? Salzburg and whoever the other Red Bull one are. Well,
1: well that luckily team. that isn't luckily that isn't something we have to worry about just <laughs> yet. <Yeah. laughs> um, so, before I move on, this is your opportunity. Are there any other? Transfer targets that you would like to talk about?
2: Or just, Aaron, you know, it's oh. all gone a bit quiet on Aaron Ramsey, but I really hope... I we, he's got COVID. Oh, of course, yeah. But I really I hope think. we sign him. I think, in a weird way, it would be interesting to see if if the Watford result makes a difference. Like, if Watford beat us, when we start to look closer to relegation, you'd have to think that makes us less attractive to more players if we beat Watford and we're out of the relegation zone that might make us more of a draw I wonder how much effect that would have on players sure so
1: any any player that comes to us right now in the situation we're in has to be contemplating that the club getting relegated is definitely a possibility so if that's if that's a big issue for them, they'll either not come to us or they'll stick a relegation clause in, or something. Do you know what I mean? That's whatever the mm-hmm. result against Watford.
2: That's you have to be contemplating that. If you think but I think that. if we're not in the relegation zone and they have a choice between say us and Palace, if we look, if we look like we're very capable of playing our way out of the relegation zone, then we're the more. Interesting proposition there, I think. Whereas sure. If, yeah. we, if, if, they're, if they're six not... points adrift, then yeah. it's Palace. If they're not intently following uh,
1: the Premier League, because you know, if, it, if Axel Legrand is sitting in some cafe and picks up Gazeta Delasport <laughs> or whatever it's called, and looks up um, the Premier League table and we're just out of the relegation zone, so then maybe that will work in our favour. Any other players, targets? You've mentioned Aaron Ramsey.
0: Well, we need to settle that. Yeah, I still, I still think, because I don't think the Botman deal's dead in the water. We've been linked with Benoit Badiashile, but he's out for like three or five weeks. We're linked with, uh, who else are we linked with? Who's that? At, like, Sevilla, Rob what? Holden. Diego oh, Carlos. Yeah, Diego Carlos. Um, we've been linked with an absolute stack of them. What that says to me is that we are definitely on the hunt for at least one centre back. I would, I would hope to pull in somebody of that calibre, but I would accept James Tarkovsky, like, like not him, but like someone like him. Like I tomorrow.
1: hope that we. I hope the way that we're looking at it is, and maybe this is the case with Chris Wood, that it's like, well, we know that we need a striker. We can't afford to wait till the end of January. For mm. one specific target, so we'll get this one where we, while we can, and if a great striker yeah. becomes available, we'll get them. And I hope that it's the same with uh, a centre back. You know, if Botman is the number one target, well, if we can pick up another centre back for 15 million or something, yeah. you know, it improves our squad. Then we'll get them, and then. Yeah. Who knows, we might get a 40 million centre-back
2: as well. I do think as well, but the way the market is across Europe is in our favour. The financial difficulty a lot of teams are in. Yeah, this, it'll probably be a window where we're actually a lot more active than we have been on the last day. We're not going to be yeah. travelling around trying to loan Hamza Chowdhury at the last minute. <laughs> I could see us doing something mental. I think the more frustrated our board get, we not be able to sign anyone. They might just on the last day of the window, <laughs> just splurge 80 million on a complete unknown quantity.
1: Well, there's a, do you know the uh, Sunderland till I die Netflix documentary? Oh, yeah. Called, yeah. Yeah. Have you watched it? Yeah. There's one where there's a scene when their owner is, he's, he, it's, it's deadline day. It's, it's like the hour hour before midnight or whatever the deadline is. And um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Will Grigg. Will, Will Grigg. And the manager keeps on telling him he's not worth oh. two million or whatever the number is. And you yeah. can just see he's just too built up into like the excitement of desperately wanting to sign a player that day. <laughs> So he's just basically playing football manager. He's an owner, and he really wants to sign a and He just keeps on upping the price and upping the price. So that yes, that could be the case with us, except instead of it being two million, we find ourselves paying spending eighty million on Martial or
0: something. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think there is a there is a benefit to doing like to buying like a Chris Wood or something now, and yeah, like we're saying another centre back, but like. Then going, as you say, like keeping up a bit of our powder dry to have a top tier striker at the end of the, a top tier player at the end of the window. Yeah, absolutely. I think
1: we need as good as we can get in now. And you, I don't, we, we can't bring in eight players and completely disrupt the squad, but we need a few. We
2: you need know, like players now, but there's it, no point. I've seen us linked with players where you think, they'd be okay, but there's no point signing them now for the benefit of having them in a week sooner than we could get somebody better.
1: Right, yeah, sure.
2: It's like when fans desperately wanted us to get Charlie Austin, felt we had to get him. You just thought that's, Mm. there's no point spending that money that could be spent on a different player who is going to be better. The difference this time is we will actually Mm. sign players in the positions we need.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's that that young kid, that Hugo Ekiti or whatever his name is. He's they're talking about like thirty, thirty-five million for him, and you can go and get Patrick Schick for, I think it's around thirty-five million. So why would you go for this unproven kid when, like Paul's saying, you can go, you can, you could buy, spend that money on somebody a bit better, and it might well, be at the end of the window. He's not coming to us, Patrick Schick. Apparently, is he not? Who says that? Where have you heard that? What just I'm hearing that he uh, he's not coming to us. What I'm saying is I've read it in a tweet. Right.
1: Yeah. But I think uh, it is true that a lot I think a lot course. of these names that we've been floating around were just not a consideration for them. Yeah. There are other clubs in the Premier League. Yes, there's there's not that many clubs for spending, but you know, like, you you choose between Arsenal and Villa for example, and us, you're going to
2: go to one of them. I think as well, if you want to raise the profile of your client or try and get them a move or try and get them a better contract to their current club, who do you link them with? It's us at the minute. Mm
1: -mm. But most, most £50 million players at the moment will have better options than us, you know?
0: Oh yeah, but yeah. The, 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 they'll all have better options than us if there are people out there interested. But I think Paul's point was that if an agent says, "Well, one of the teams interested is the richest club on the planet, who have enough room in their FFP to spend an absolute fuckton in in January if they want to," that means that their their like um, their player is going to be able to demand more because they can lie and say, "Well." Well, Newcastle yeah, will offer us... Yeah, they, they are, but when
1: it comes down to it, I think a
0: lot of those players will still
1: make a choice that's better for their career. They might use, they'll use us to up yeah. their wages and their fees, but we ultimately won't actually get that player. But, you know, I think, who knows?
2: I think look at Sven Botman, for example. He's a very highly rated player who, in the summer, people expect to go to Liverpool or that equivalent of club. He's still liking Instagram posts with him being linked to us and is keen on a move to us. So you sort of think we are still, we're a good proposition, but certain clubs, I think it's quite clever that we're looking at players who are in like the last six months of their contract a lot of the time, because other clubs just won't spend money on those players knowing that they could be free next summer. Whereas we will. Sure. Well, um, hopefully there'll
1: be, uh, Lots more to talk about. It is exciting to be in a transfer window and not just hoping that we'll get, I don't know, Danny Rose on loan.
2: It's quite exhausting as well. I've found myself yeah. refreshing Twitter all the time to the point where it's getting quite addictive. I think I might start locking my phone in a box for the first T, of February. I'm-
1: Stephen, I'm going to move on from transfers now. Stephen Keane says, we all know that the Watford game is massive. Do you think it's as simple as when we stay up and lose, go down? Is it as simple as that, Dave? No. Paul, is it as simple as when we go up? <laughs> when we stay up, lose, we go down? Is it as simple as that? No. Okay, that's the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, nothing's as simple as that, but it is a very, very important game, right, guys?
0: It's very yeah. big, it's, yeah. It's not the be-all and end-all, though. There are still plenty of other games. I think it has to be viewed in the context of where we're at, who's fit and all the rest of it. If we, if we can register Chris Wood in time, I'm a lot more confident about being Watford, who have lost seven on the bounce. I, plus, that's a Watford side without uh, Ishmael Asar and two—is it two or three other players who are at the African Cup of Nations? Um, so that it's a weakened um, That's right. they
1: be yeah, without um, Dennis or Denis. No,
0: no, Dennis is, has been excused by the Nigerian side. Oh, that's right. So he's, he's available to scoring, play. He is on a scoring streak. Yeah. Um, but they have lost seven in a row. So they're not, they're, not in, they're in terrible form, realistically. And Cambridge aside, we've been playing okay. We've just come up against really good opposition.
2: Sure. I yeah, we'll, I'd like to see, after the Cambridge game, the bar is low, but I'd like to see Lascelles back in. I sort of would feel you? like really. Well, in terms of it's the case of him and Emil Kraft at centre back. We've only got share really. Fernandez isn't available. Clark's not available. Okay. So, Dummett yeah. was on the bench, but I think it would be a big call to give him his first start in however long.
1: Oh, let's get our centre
2: back quickly, please. Yes. <laughs> it does feel cool. depressing. Can we see I mean, if there's a release the for James Tarkovsky and get him? I'm in. so wary of that. That would be so funny.
1: We all predicted a win against Cambridge because it was a case yeah. of surely, yeah. surely we'll beat Cambridge. <laughs> but I, I do feel that we are like, it doesn't matter who we play. We do find a way to to not win. We always adjust our performance so that you can say, well, we created chances and we did this and we did that, but we didn't quite win. But Watford is a very, very winnable game. Paul, do you want to give me a prediction? 1-1. 1-1. Dave? 2-1 to us. 2-1 to us. I'm thinking stupidly because it's as if what I say will have some influence on the result. But in my head, it's like, if I predict a win, we won't win. So, oh, that's, um, against Watford. I mean, surely. However, I'm going to predict 2-2.
0: Wow. 2-2, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I genuinely think... Uh, Chris Wood, if he's registered in time and can play, I think that we will, I think he'll score. I also think that Trippier will score.
1: But be honest with yourself.
0: Hmm.
1: Is your opinion of Mm -hmm. Chris Wood Mm -hmm. influenced by the fact that we're about to sign him? (laughs) (laughs) If we were not ever linked with Chris Wood, you never came into it, and I asked your opinion on Chris Wood in no relation to Newcastle, not as a potential signing ever, mm-hmm. just your opinion on Chris Wood. Do you think it would be exactly the same as it is now? Do you think you would be predicting that Chris Wood would score
0: this Saturday, who scored three goals this season? Um, I would, yeah, I would say, well, I think... I would say that if you ask my opinion on Chris Wood, I'd say he's a bang average Premier League striker. Okay. The trouble is, we need a bang average yeah. Premier League striker right Fair now. Fair enough.
1: And hopefully, our new bang average Premier League striker will get us a goal this Saturday. Fair enough. Yes, I don't, you know, I don't want to be down on him. I think he's, you know, an all right signing.
2: I think as well. Let's, let's remember the last game before Cambridge, the Man new one, which we deserve to win, and we've improved the squad with Trippier and hopefully Wood since then. That's a point. Trippier, free kicks,
0: corners, delivery, and now somebody to get on the end of them.
1: Is Chris Wood a more exciting signing than Dwight Gale was when we signed him?
2: No. Similar, I would say.
0: Yeah. So it's-
2: Because... Mike Yale was God, an God. exciting <laughs> sign for the championship because he's sort of guaranteed 20 goals in the championship if he stays fit. Chris Wood, if he's fit, is almost guaranteed. I mean, I saw on Twitter earlier, the strikers that have got 10 goals a season for the last four years, it's Chris Wood, and then it's you're looking at like Son, Salah, Kane, I can't remember who else. There's not many.
0: Yeah, it is slightly misleading because their double figures are like, closer to 20 and his double figures are closer to 10 but the
2: fact they're not is, playing for uh, Burnley Burnley are not no, an attacking true. team so I think getting double yeah. figures four seasons in a row for a very defensive team he's,
1: he's alright over the think. years I've had him in, in my fantasy team
2: a couple of times you know
1: he's
0: yeah. he's, he's just a bang average Premier League striker which is infinitely better than what we've got on the bench
2: yeah after hopefully Wilson. I think as well if you're Callum Wilson you see him coming in you're sort of thinking, you're not thinking my number nine shirt's in trouble here. No. But it, like you say before, it gives us a good option from the bench.
0: Hopefully. And,
2: we've and got, a bit uh, of a...
1: Hopefully we've got uh, another, well, hopefully we've got another few sign-ins coming, but hopefully we've got another sign-in coming in January who's going to be, be even more exciting than Trippier and Chris Wood, right?
0: Yeah, right. Huh? I mean, yeah. uh, everything I've seen is that the, the Trippier signing was like great signing on, on on the but on the cards for a while. The Chris Wood yeah. is like not not a panic buy, but a fuck. We need to address this immediately. It's right, we've address this. Buy,
2: yeah, I was think of then... putting "fuck" at the start of the sentence. <laughs> panic <laughs> buy.
0: <laughs> okay, maybe, uh, but the the rest of the business is just like. Longer term plans, ongoing stuff. So we are still looking at like another striker in addition to Chris Wood. Yeah. More center, like another, like center backs, a left back, a center midfielder. We are still, by all accounts, you know, still shopping around.
2: Yeah. Chris Wood is a reassuring one in a way because it shows whoever's making decisions has a level of pragmatism.
1: Yeah, And then and towards the end of the window, loans might come into play as well, mightn't
2: they? Yeah.
1: And they could have come into play at any point, but, you know, we might, if, we might find it on deadline day. We get Martial on loan or something. Who knows? Oh yes. Knows? All right. Let's, uh Let's, let's leave it there. I'm sure there'll be plenty more transfer talk next week, but in the meantime, thank you very much, Dave Watson.
0: Thank you. Fergus Craig.
1: Thank you to you, Paul Dillon. Thank you. And thank you to you, the Newcastle NASA listener. Goodbye.
2: If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash.